Welcome back, everybody. I'm Don Seifert. This is the Dr. Tree Fruit and Don podcast. This is our third fruit bite. Once again, it's Carrie and I. Say hi, Carrie. Hello. And Carrie, you have something from yourself, from Dr. Shoop, and from Dr. Krawcheck? That is correct. All right. I'll let you take it away. It's a full slate today. Okay. So first on the tree fruit disease update of the week. So over the weekend, Friday to Saturday, depending on where you're at, we got a lot of rain. So at least in the Biggerville area, we got anywhere from three and a half to four inches. So what does that mean? It means whatever you most likely applied last week, fungicide wise, it was washed off or there's not a lot left. Let's put it that way. Um, so it's, so this week growers should be hopefully recharging that fungicide spray. The reason why is because, um, you know, scab is still an issue. It's not an issue as it was a week ago, um, because we are on the downside of scab, at least down here in the South central part. However, the further North you go, you know, you might be at, at an earlier stage than us. Uh, so you might be at, say, the peak of apple scab. Uh, so, you know, the apple scab is like a bell curve. It The, the number of mature ascospores in overwintering leaves peak um, uh, from late pink through about petal fall. It's about a two-week period. This year, I think it's most likely a three-week period based on the sort of how cool it's been. And so during this time period, if you have ideal disease conditions, i.e. warm, wet conditions, you know, sort of the average of 60 to 75 degrees with a minimum of six leaf wetness hours, you can have the max disease pressure or severe disease pressure. So right now, you know, growers should still be on their toes. Uh, you know, the disease pressure is decreasing because of those available number, the maximum number of available spores are decreasing, but the primary period lasts until about early June. Um, even though NUA says that all the spores have released, but in all of our evaluations year to year, we're still picking up a number of spores, even after that time period that NUA says that all the spores have released. So I always like telling growers, still be on alert for scab through at least for primary scab through at least the early June. So especially since this last weekend, this past weekend where we had a lot of rain, you definitely want to recharge your fungicide spray. Another reason to be recharging is the apple blotch disease slash marcinina blotch slash diplocarpin blotch. Um, you've heard me call this several different um, disease names. Um, it is Marcinina blotch, but we've sort of transitioned to calling it apple blotch. It's all the same thing. It's a real pain in the butt as far as how it works. We do know that the early season time is important because scab resistant varieties are quite vulnerable to this disease. So anyone who's not using any kind of spray to protect their scab resistant varieties because they're resistant to scab are in for a rude awakening because this disease does nail the trees during this time of year. So this is another incentive to sort of keep trees protected. And if you have scab resistant varieties, cover them up with sulfur. Um, sulfur is sort of the best organic management to date for controlling apple blotch. Uh, we're still learning about this apple blotch disease as far as optimizing management, but we know this time of period is important and also the summer. So the, the disease control doesn't end here, um, but it definitely is, this is a significant period. Um, as far as fire blight goes, uh, depending on where you're at with fire blight, um, we went through an infection event definitely on Thursday. Wednesday was borderline last week. 
right now with the rain and with the, um, with the wind, a lot of the trees don't have blossoms anymore, but you, there's still blossoms hanging around on some cultivars, uh, for the South central area. We do see infection events, um, starting May 12th onward, um, based on the forecast, based on the data that I'm inputting into the Mary Blight model on my computer. So from at least May 12th to May 19th, if the rain comes to fruition in the forecast during that time period, it is an infection event. So for growers that may still have blossoms on their trees, think about your fire blight protection. Uh, ideas right now that you should be considering is possibly an ActiGuard spray. This will turn on the plant's defenses and, and help with sort of um, improving the plant being able to fight off that infection. Streptomycin, of course, um, depending on how many sprays you put on, um, that is also another option to reset the clock. If you still have blossoms on your trees right now, uh, I would recommend people getting on a streptomycin spray probably around Wednesday to, to again, reset the clock. The streptomycin spray is going to clean up the blossoms um, and thereby, you know, limit any bacteria that could be there from getting into the nectaries. Um, apogee, incorporating apogee into your fungicide spray right this week, um, this week or into that streptomycin spray on Wednesday is also another consideration because apogee will help limit shoot blight in the future, as in stuff that may occur in the latter half of May, early June. And so this is also really important because now that we're getting into basically our typical spring-like, summer-like conditions, this is fire blight weather. Uh, so growers need to be on alert. We've been lulled into this very chilly first half of May and April, and now we're finally getting into those um, typical seasonal conditions, which all favor fire blight. So Again, the more north you go, um, depending on where you're at with your bloom, uh, this is something just to be aware of because the further, the closer we get to June, the closer we're getting into more consistent favorable disease conditions for fire blight. So you may be impacted more directly as far as disease conditions go than say the southern half of the state since we are um, past sort of that peak bloom of, of, um, of most of the varieties. As far as organic options go, You've got your Blossom Protect, uh, which is a yeast-based product that has to go on open blossoms. Uh, you can use a copper. I, you know, uh, there's been favorable uh, data coming out with using something like the Magnabon CS2005, which is a copper sulfate pentahydrate. So this is a soluble copper where all of the copper ions are available. So they're going to kill what's ever in the blossom. Uh, those may be your best products just because the disease pressure is going to be on the higher side. And so any other product may struggle with regards to managing fire blight. Um, Quava is another option for limiting shoot blight. It's a bit weaker when it comes to blossom blight control, um, but we have seen it help limit shoot blight. So if you're an organic grower and you're and you've made it through this period so far, you may want to start prophylactic quava sprays at uh, two quarts to the acre. So this would help hopefully knock back the bacteria that could be out there to cause uh, shoot blight. Uh, and the stone fruit front, bacterial spot management should be starting now. We're seeing the conditions later this week that favors bacterial spot. So, you know, your bacterial spot on peach and nectarine, 
you know, this is a, a basically an integrated management with different products. You have your oxytetracycline, you've got your, your copper products, and you've got your biologicals like serenade and double nickel. You can use these in a multi-rotational program, a multi-product rotational program. And so with this in mind, when disease conditions are favorable, and that means when it's nice and warm and humid, frequent rain events, you're going to want to be managing on a weekly basis. And so I always recommend using copper at a 0.5 ounce to one ounce of metallic copper per acre. So I've been basically touting this over through the winter meetings and through disease updates. This is work that came out of Rutgers. This is a low rate of copper. You will see a little bit of phytotoxicity, but it's doing the job to, to limit bacterial spots. And so, uh, again, when you're using it in a rotational program with other products, you should also be able to limit that phytotoxicity as well. And a little phytotoxicity is not going to be a make or break for peach trees. They can handle a little bit of phyto. Uh, and so if you see a little bit of leaf defoliation, it'll be in the older leaves. That's okay. Um, we don't want trees looking like Christmas trees, basically with only fruits and no leaves. That's not good. But a little, little, little bit of leaf defoliation is not going to be detrimental. Uh, if you don't have a crop because of the cold weather conditions or the severe winter conditions that may have negatively impacted you, this goes for stone fruit and apples. You still need to manage disease. Do not think you can go on vacation and just forget about managing your, your crop. The goal is to limit the inoculum this year and to tamp it down so you don't have an explosion next year. So you still have to manage apple scab. You still have to manage rust and powdery mildew. Um, you still have to manage the apple blotch or marcinina blotch because that defoliates trees very quickly. On stone fruit, you still have to manage bacterial spot. If you have sour cherries, cherry leaf spot still needs to be managed. So it's very important to control these foliar diseases. And you can be conservative with this. You know, you don't need the Cadillac program. Um, you know, for a lot of these diseases, sulfur will do the job as far as management goes. But if you remember, sulfur is a contact and lays on the surface. So it's a man, it's a, it's a, um, you have to be applying it uh, more frequently, but you can throw in other products that have more of a persistent nature to it. So it's just something to keep in mind. So that is it for the disease update for right now. So as far as the uh, other updates, so this update comes from Dr. Jim Shoup. So this is a horticultural update. And he says, this may be a good year to be careful with chemical thinning exclamation point. So emphasis there with careful with chemical thinning. If you plan to chemically thin apples this week and next, we encourage you to frequently refresh the forecast and be prepared to adjust the timing and the rates of chemical thinning in response to the weather. A reduction in photosynthesis at this growth stage can lead to carbon stress and increased fruit drop. Lack of adequate sun for three or more days can trigger fruit thinning. Starting Friday, May 13th in Biggerville, Pennsylvania, um, Biggerville has a forecast for eight straight days of reduced light due to cloud cover with temperatures favorable for chemical thinner activity. Of particular concern is the forecast for five straight cloudy days from next Wednesday, May 18th to Sunday, May 22nd. 
if this weather pattern comes to pass and coincides with the activity of your thinner sprays, it may contribute to excessive thinning. The carbon balance model on the NUA weather site is another helpful tool to evaluate the effects of weather on the fruit set and thinning. Okay, so folks, take home message. Cloudy cover, reduced photosynthesis can lead to excessive thinning. So make sure you're paying attention to the weather. So again, I'll repeat that first line in Jim's uh, update. This may be a good year to be careful with chemical thinning. Okay, so for Dr. Kro Greg Krofcheck's weekly insect spites for this week, this is what Dr. Krofcheck has to say. This is a good time to concentrate on management of oriental fruit moth. The petal fall spray on apples should include insecticides active against this pest, such as Avant at six ounces per hundred gallons or a sale at eight ounces per hundred gallons. Both products also aid in the control of plum curculio, stink bugs, and or tarnished plant bug. A sale will additionally provide good control of aphids, including rosy apple aphid, European apple sawfly, and leaf miners. Imidan at three pounds or higher rate is also an effective plum curculio option, but since it is an organophosphate product at some places due to mostly marketing restrictions, Imidan should not be used. White peach scale should be controlled now on stone fruit. Mavento, Esteem, or Centaur are good choices for white peach scale control. All pheromone traps for monitoring fruit pests, including traps for oblique banded leaf roller and peach tree borer, should, um, should by now be placed in orchards. The 2022 biofix for rib band and leaf roller was established on March 17th, spotted tentaform leaf miner on April 7th, and oriental fruit moth on April 13th. We just observed first codling moth males and pheromone traps today, and today was May 9th. Uh, biofix for codling moth or tufted apple bud moth very likely will be established during this week, and that's the week of May 9th. It is all weather dependent, but the control of codling moth and or tufted apple bud moth will not be needed for at least another two to three weeks. Okay, and this is big news um, as of last week. In a reverse of their early interpretation, EPA announced recently that non-bearing fruit trees can be treated with products containing chlorpyrifos, an active ingredient of Lorsban, as long as the use is legal based on the old label and fruit are not expected on treated trees within a 12-month time period after the application. So this is very important to note. So non-bearing fruit trees. So that's trees that have been recently planted. So that's non-bearing fruit trees and trees that may have lost their crop this year. But your window of opportunity is narrowing for that because it's very clear that basically it, the trees within a 12-month time period, that fruit won't be on the tree. So that's the very key here that the fruit cannot be on a tree within a 12-month time period. Okay, so again, that is the latest update about the Laura's ban issue. So with that, those are the 
Weekly updates for as of May 10th, 2022. Uh, Don, do you have anything to add or did I, any questions or anything I missed? No, that sounded great. I, uh, I'm glad you brought up or mentioned the Marcinina to Apple blotch um, little shift there. Yes, I of- apologize for the confusion with all of that, but you got to blame the taxonomists, the fungal taxonomists. <laughs> so no, Marcinina blotch, Apple blotch, they're the same disease. It's that crazy foliar disease that defoliates trees very quickly and leaves the tree, apple trees, bald bald b-a-l-d by september so yes no i think that's i think that's great so uh yeah with that unless you have anything else you want to add other than um depending on people will hear this this is our last week of our tree fruit meetings so on may 10th um again uh, depending on when this is posted we're in elysburg at green's orchards on may 10th the evening of may 10th on May 11th, we are in Wexford, Pennsylvania at Chenot Orchards. And then for the northwestern corner of the state, Erie will be there on Thursday. And that's at Birch Market. And that's a morning meeting. So just to let folks know in the northwestern part of the state, which is occurring in northeast Pennsylvania, ironically. So <laughs> as in the town. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Gary. All right. Thank you, Don. Bye, everybody. See you later.